This is a podcast from thebuglepodcast.com. The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to a not particularly special Bugle 240 sub-episode Aleph. I'm Andy Zaltzman, live in my special shed in London. This is for the week beginning Monday the 8th of July 2013. We're off this week because of a combination of destiny and fate and John being on holiday and me trying to toilet train next door's tortoise. Not on the path, the lawn is just acceptable, the flower beds, knock yourself out Shelley boy. Uh, so on this day, the 8th of July 1497, Vasco da Gama, the little Portuguese exploring celeb, got pissed at lunchtime and thought, damn I could murder a curry. He wandered round Lisbon in the afternoon, not a single curry house to be seen, so he promptly popped in one of his special sailing round the world boats, and nine months later, he'd become the first European to sail to India. He staggered onto the shore, and his first words were, uh, one chicken dansak, uh, pilau rice, garlic naan, uh, aloo gobi and a pint of lager please. Oh, this is gonna be good. For future reference, do you deliver? Uh, no I'm not within three kilometres. Well, exactly how far? Well, are you going over land or by sea? As the crow flies, about 9,000 kilometres. You don't have a crow? Oh, never mind. Could have a puppadum whilst I'm waiting. On this day in 1947, a UFO landed in Roswell, Texas, and was hastily hushed up. The UFO, which recently leaked documents suggest contained, amongst others, Amelia Earhart, Hitler, Abraham Lincoln, and a young Margaret Thatcher, was quickly impounded by US boss Harry S. Truman. The S, incidentally, uh, got into his name because he used to respond to any surprising news by shouting, Slap Daddy! The volume giving away quite how concerned the president was by the news he'd just been given. Anyway, yeah, you can console yourselves in your full bugleless grief by taking out your Volonto subscription at thebuglepodcast.com, where, of course, you can also buy the Bugle merchandise, the must-have accessories that will instantly turn you from a lifelong loser into a champion of all you survey. It's amazing what the right hat can do, as the Pope would no doubt testify. Big pointy mitre, everyone's listening. American football helmet, probably out of a job. In the meantime, we have some priceless bits of bonus bugle for you. Sorry, not priceless. Free, that's the word I'm looking for. A bit more of our world-exclusive interview with the American from uh, last week, and some other bits of stuff that were too damn true to be broadcast when we recorded them, so we've let them ferment in a barrel for a while, and now they're absolutely safe for public consumption. This, of course, a major rising power in the uh, global economy, and this was shown when uh, President Rousseff said that uh, thousands of doctors would be drafted in from overseas to improve the Brazilian National Health Service. And that shows when you have made it, John, as an economic power, when you start stealing doctors from countries that need their doctors even more than you do. That is a, that is a <laughs> rite of passage. <laughs> so I think I mean, we always complain about, uh, people complain about immigration here, and uh, it's been a big issue in the States this week yes. as well. Um, but you also, if you look at the doctors that we've stolen from overseas, I think most illegal immigrants only come to Britain to see their local GP. So. <laughs> but I think, John, as you say, there's a lot of a lot of dissatisfaction about you know these millions, billions being spent on, on sport, whilst education and health are in such a state there. But, well, we're Brits, John, and Brazil. Take it from us. Education and health can wait. You can always come back to learning and not dying, but the World Cup and the Olympics only come round once in a lifetime. I mean, you already have to seize that opportunity because there are plenty of people who've been to school 
Uh, you probably don't need any more. But, you know, the World <laughs> Cup, you know, the last yep. time you had it was 1950. Health, schmelf. You know, personally, I can tell you I've been well, I've been ill. As long as there's sport on, there's basically no difference between the two. <laughs> and just look at them, the Olympics. Was, that was the happiest Britain Britain has ever been. There's eight weeks in which you, Brazil, won't have to think about anything like institutionalised corruption, grotesque and deliberately exacerbated social inequalities, the essential theft of your nation's natural and financial resources, the fact that you logistically can't move on your roads or afford to eat. Forget all those ephemeral ephemerable ephemerable let's stick with that <laughs> micro quibbles there's water polo to watch and man those guys and girls are seriously ripped you cannot put a price on that brazil well you can in many ways and, and the problem seems to be that you have put a price on that but don't take any notice of that price it's not relevant it's not just let sport let sport reign and let happiness follow uh, this one comes from john in hong kong it says while listening to bugle podcast number 239 I was interested to hear the heartwarming account of the Frenchman whose life took such a sudden turn for the better following his Bugle podcast donation. I thought it was a French woman, wasn't it? <laughs> I was wondering if you might... My acting skills sort of let me down. I was wondering if you might let me know the amount the said Frenchman donated. I, on the other hand, made my first donation to the Bugle and was quickly rewarded by being run off the road on my bicycle, collecting any number of broken ribs, wrists and various contusions, as well as a crash introduction to the Hong Kong medical system. Which I believe may have been another gift of empire. I don't know if it's been updated since then or not. Admittedly, my donation was small, a mere five US dollars. Should I have donated more? Please let me know the minimum donation required for a more positive outcome. Thank you, brackets, and please try to do a better job of motor vehicle training when you next close up shop at another empire. From John in Hong Kong. Well, I mean, I guess this goes to show that if you uh, donate as little as five US dollars to... To the uh, to the bugle, then um, you will rightly suffer a very very severe injury. <laughs> I'm not well, saying you know we definitely hunted him down and uh, yeah and injured him, but just saying clearly that's I mean there's a definite correlation there, isn't there? I'd say. I mean that's what we've learned from those two emails, Andy. That, yeah. You know you could do that, and also if you listen to the bugle, there's a chance you could get away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> That's the power of this podcast wheels, John. <laughs> uh, there's a, di- a deep question here from Harry Mason. Philosophically, what is life like outside the USA? <laughs> um, what do you mean by that? I mean, what, what, what is life outside the USA? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I, is, I think, again, I don't want to... USA? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's life. I, I, my guess is it's not full of joy. Um, I, I would say that... You know, from what I've seen on the news, it seems like all people do is like dance in the streets, burn flags. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, there's just, there's some good countries, I guess, out there. Uh, I just feel like when you're in a country that has the best of everything, <laughs> it really seems silly to even bother go anywhere else to find it. You know, yeah. if I want good Italian food, I can get it right where I am. If I want a good falafel, not that I would eat that, but if you want one, you got them here. <laughs> you know, we got everybody comes here, so we don't have to go there. That's kind of the beauty of this country. <laughs> This one uh, came in from uh, from Tom Troughton, uh, who asks, if you could, like your president, drone the f*** out of anyone without the risk of legal retribution, who would you drone the f*** out of and why? Good question. Oh. Good question. That is a very, that's a heady question. It's a heady, it is a heady question. No, I guess he means a country. I don't know if he means an individual. Well, it could be I mean, either, I guess. Co- 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a couple of NFL coaches that have been driving me nuts, okay. but I don't know if it's drone level, <laughs> you know, drone level stuff. You know what I mean? That's drone right. level. That's I mean, that Bill Belichick, I mean, uh, with, oh, Jesus, okay. I don't even okay. get me started. I don't, I'm not yeah. going to, I'm going to try and move your mind away yeah. from him as much as possible. So let, let, let's, let's talk countries. Mm. Well, right out of the gate. I go Russia right out of the gate. See, I'm old school with my enemies. Certainly. I don't let things go so fast. Yeah. Everybody's, ah, oh, let's forgive and forget. Now, I don't forget, and I barely and rarely forgive. <laughs> okay. All right? Yeah. And Russia has... Do you, you guys remember that movie Rocky IV? Yes. That's no, still true. That's still how yeah. they think. They're the kind of people that would use steroids against a fight, and then well, our guy didn't need steroids. It wasn't true then. Uh, absolutely true. <laughs> I mean, just look how they fought in that fight. That's how they fight in the world. That's a that's a that's a metaphor for world the world domination right there. They okay. want it. But when the Russian people saw Rocky winning, all of a sudden they jumped on our bandwagon, didn't they? And guess what happened right after that? Tear down his wall. Yeah. So that, that was the, wow. the Rocky movies. Then the that, wall came down. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Hollywood. So you know, look, gets it right sometimes. Let's be yeah. honest. Hollywood uh, rarely does, but every now and then they get it right. In, incidentally, Reagan, great president or greatest president ever. Oh, greatest president in our lifetime. In our lifetime. Yeah, okay. I mean, probably the greatest president ever is Washington. Okay. okay. And Washington then, um, didn't have the yeah, Rocky Reagan. movies to back him up, did he? That's, no, he didn't. That's was, why, I mean, look. If you take the Rocky honest, movies away. If he away, did, he'd really be the best. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. Reagan got left apart from Rocky? Oh, geez, come on. Reagan, <laughs> he's got all that stuff. He's got the, uh, first of all, let's be he's a handsome guy. You know, that's, he looks, that is, that's true, look, he looks like the way you think a president should look. Okay, like if well, you, if you had to imagine a president. Yeah. He's what he will look like, right? <laughs> okay, okay. Then you got the fact that he was, you know, he was brave, mm -hmm. and he look at what the, he did with the economy. Everybody was making a ton of money in the eighties. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, well, everybody, everybody across the board. No, not, were... not across the board. Not across the board. Man, I'm pretty I have... sure across the board. I'm pr even more sure not across the board. Uh, now look, we... we'll have to like agree to disagree. I'm I pretty sure eat... the country was in a boom, not a bust. <laughs> okay, so uh, there was. Uh, you mentioned on the way in that you have the as you. I can see you waggling around now. The, that Italian sausage mm -hmm. in your hand. Yep. Uh, there's a, a question here from Elliot R saying, "Why do Americans put corn syrup in their Italian sausage? Why?" <laughs> Exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. Uh, I don't know, because corn syrup is delicious. I mean... <laughs> but is it, though? I mean, is, is sugar not better for you? It's not good for you, but, but corn syrup seems horrendous. <laughs> yeah, but you got you got to understand. By eating corn syrup, you're supporting the farmers of this country. Oh, Anyone could eat sugar coming in from Jamaica, <laughs> one of these other foreign lands. But you eat corn syrup, then you got a guy in America who's working his ass off to grow corn the old-fashioned way yeah. in his... You know, in his yard, and he's and he's got a tractor, and he's mowing his corn, yeah. and he's trying to feed his family, yeah. and they don't want to eat corn because yeah. that's all they eat over there. Right. So he's got to make money by selling his corn, so they make syrup out of it. Then we eat it. It's all part of the you know circle of life. I mean, you do you do understand that that's not how farms work in America now. Usually, it's you know Monsanto genetically modified crops, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it, it's really industrial farming. It's but, not but look, look, you can break this down all you want, Monsanto. Big business hires a lot of people. Yes, that creates jobs. Okay, okay? they're going to genetically modify crops. You got to have scientists, the best scientists, American scientists, <laughs> figure out how to make the chemicals to make that corn so good. And what's the big deal about eating chemicals? Chemicals all came from nature at some point anyway. Everything started. Oh, yeah. What do we start with? We didn't. We didn't have a special bin, you know, that guy left here that said not natural. Everything's natural, right? You just mix it together, and then they say it's unnatural. Bullshit! You break it down. It's just what is it? Sugars and carbohydrates or whatever. It's all. It's all natural. It all. Everything came out of the earth. Oh, mama, oh, take me home. That, so that sounds like a stump speech. Listen to me. I had. 
I had a couple of I had a couple of moments out there in my jet ski when I was stuck, just drifting in the Atlantic. <laughs> I bet, yeah, I bet. And I got to tell you, you know, you think about life in a makes different you, way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, water, water everywhere, right? But nothing to drink. You know, I mean, I did have. Wow. I did have a Dropping second. a little T.S. Eliot. I had a here. second jet ski uh, full of Gatorade uh, next <laughs> to me. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Why didn't you have fuel in that jet ski? <laughs> well, Why I did figured you I'm going to get thirsty, you <laughs> yeah. know? I mean, like, you're out at sea, you're going to get thirsty. I had the, the sail, you but, know? But why would you drink it out of the jet ski? That makes no sense. I don't know. You know, it just seemed like the best way to store it. You know what I mean? Because that way it's not in the sun. And I don't, you know, I don't know. At the time, it made sense. I did, uh, on paper, if you look at it on paper, it makes sense. It's tough to explain, just like, not, like out, of, out of offhand, like... Well, I'll tell you what I'm looking for when I look at the pillars of society like the legal system, John. I'm looking for a f***ing bargain. And another problem with this is that the these reforms are essentially completely irreversible once you have basically destroyed an entire industry. You can't just magic it back up if it turns out to be a terrible mistakes. But I guess throwing babies out with bathwaters is what human progress is all about. People throughout history have said we wouldn't be able to live with without indispensable parts of everyday life, like tobacco pipes, witch-dunking, slaves, God, and defecating out of windows. But we've found a way. And we sure we might like the idea of a functioning legal system, but how often do most of us actually use it? It's like that Christmas bagel machine we've all got tucked down the back of the sofa. It's nice to know it's there, but we only get it out when we're in trouble with the police. I think. Anyway, the point stands. We need to make savings... Otherwise, some significant employees are going to relocate to India or somewhere. And if you're looking for sacrificial lambs to dress up in fishnet stockings and push-up bras and pimp out to the highest or lowest bidder, then the legal system is going to be the first of those lambs that you're going to train to talk dirty to a businessman. Even the government's own uh, uh, website... Uh, it says uh, it acknowledges some of the problems with it. The removal of choice may reduce to the extent to which firms offer services above acceptable levels. This is from their own consultation uh, program, John. And um, to be honest, I'm not sure we've even fully scratched the surface of this issue and everything that it shows about our national priorities and the workings of our politics. But it really leaves me feeling about as reassured as being told not to panic about the escaped man-eating tiger in a zoo by a furry, stripy-faced zookeeper in a blood-splattered, ill-fitting zookeeper's uniform who belches, roars and says, man, he was surprisingly chewy for a fat lad. Sorry, what was the question? When is the penguin feeding session? Roar! This will teach you for turning my grandparents into home furnishings. Well, there you go. Pump that into Cairo and everything will be fine. Uh, we're off next week as well, which is probably a good thing. There's simply too much sport on for us to be able to satirise real stuff. There's the Wimbledon finals. Can Andy Murray finally reward the British people for their 77 years of doing everything possible to win a Wimbledon men's championship? He better, after everything we've done for him, watching him from our armchairs and complaining about him with his incredible work ethic and skills... And then there's the deciding test in the Lions Rugby Series in Australia. It's one all after two, as I'll record, if you're a non-rugby-initiated bugler tuning in for the decider. Look out for rugby's trademark Molotov cocktail of institutionalised cheating, whizzed together with baffling, almost fetishistic technicalities that help rugby disappear up its own fundament, where it seems mostly comfortable, plus occasional outbreaks of unmatchable sporting majesty when the sport suddenly, often accidentally, breaks free from its own complexity. It's like a cross between chess, cage wrestling, without the cage, and international tax law. No one really understands it, but you can be pretty sure that the big guys are probably doing something naughty. And then, on Wednesday, the world will get much more important. 
even more important than it already was as a planet. Because on Wednesday, England and Australia play cricket against each other. You can take your Egypts, you can take your global economic crises, you can take your Syrias and your covert surveillance programmes undermining the principles of Western democracies. Nothing is more important this summer than the ashes. Nothing. And the Anglo-Australia cricket clash begins on Wednesday and lasts for five lots of five days over the next seven weeks. Strap in. It's going to be sensational. Or, or it might be adequate. Anyway, you can hear more about the ashes on the greatest test the podcast Chris and I have been doing, some of which sounds like this. Just some uh, news coming in on the wires. Um, uh, following uh, a year-long slump in the Test Arena, in which uh, his run scoring and strike rate have plummeted, England batsman Ian Bell has announced plans to rebrand himself. Things have not been going so well for me as Ian Bell lately, explains the Warwickshire man, so from now on I wish to be known as the Sledgehammer of Everlasting Vengeance. <laughs> Bell, who will be listed on the scorecards this summer as TSE Vengeance, <laughs> hopes the rebranding exercise will make him more intimidating to bowl at. <laughs> Though he has been refused permission by the ICC to walk to the crease brandishing a flamethrower. There's, there's nothing in the laws against it, muttered Bell angrily. I feel like Dennis Lilly's aluminium bat all over again. <laughs> That's just in. Most of it also has other people talking as well, so do tune in for that, soundcloud.com slash the hyphen greatest hyphen test. Funnily enough, you can also find The Bugle on SoundCloud too at soundcloud.com slash the hyphen bugle. If you enjoyed that and want to see more of me, or even if you didn't enjoy that but think you might enjoy it more if I wasn't talking about cricket, then do come to Political Animal on Thursday. The 11th at the Other Belly on London's South Bank. I'm hosting it, and the guests are Paul Sinha, Matt Ford, and Mark Thomas. Tickets available on the internet. Bugle merch available in the Other Belly ticket office. So, this could quite possibly be the greatest night of your lives. We'll be back with some more shameless filler next week with Bugle 240 sub episode Betty. Until then, bye! Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.